in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Everybody. Hello. This is Nora. And this is Holly. And we're back for another episode of the Two White Chicks in China. Yeah, this is episode 90.、Uh, I actually had to write this on top of my、uh, notes because last time I made a mistake. <laughs> right at the end. I'm sorry. <laughs> But this is definitely episode 90. It is. Approaching 100 very rapidly. <sighs> yeah. We've got a surprise. We do. We do. And that's all we're going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's been going on in China lately, Holly?、Uh, well, do you want a review first? Oh, We yeah. We have a nice review from Ed in England,、oh. um, who says this is a great podcast for everybody who wants to know、uh, about everyday life in China. Holly and Nora、uh, are ready to tackle any question about living in modern China. That's very true. We. Oh, can we say any? Within reason, within reason.、Mm. And they do so with humor and honesty. As a regular visitor to China and a lover of Chinese language and culture, I have learned a lot about life in China from Holly and Nora, and I look forward to every new episode. Oh, Thanks. Thanks, Ed. That's nice.、Uh, so, yeah, okay, so I'll tell you what's been going on.、Um, I, I chose this, this is less of a news article and more about something that I find interesting because this is, I. Used to feel a certain way about this as well. So the,、um, the headline is、uh, Global Times Ask Foreigners Living in China If They Like Being Called Lao Wai.、Uh. Uh, so this, obviously, this, was an,、uh, this study was done by、um, China's、uh, tabloid, the,、uh, Global Times, and basically they interviewed foreigners all over the country asking them. Do you feel offended when locals call you Lao Wai? And、um, apparently the results were very divided.、Um, some obviously find the term friendly, they accept it as just another term for foreigner, whereas others find it offensive.、Um, and then there were some that just didn't care at all. <laughs> um, so um, an American longtime resident of Beijing.、Uh, Doran Russian、uh, said,、uh, It's a proud word if you see it as the old foreigner with education, experience, and sophistication.、Um, adding that most Chinese who have called him a Lao Wai don't mean it as a slur, they say it as something cute or sweet.、Mm. Um, he also said that、uh, many of his expat friends don't like the term, particularly the old part, which is the Lao part,、um, while others sigh that it only serves to remind them. That no matter how long they live in China, they will never be Chinese.、Mm. Um, so、another foreigner said, The worst thing is that you've been here all your life and you're still a Lao Wai. Sometimes it annoys me.、Um, and others, other people felt that it was, like, it was actually quite offensive to be called that by a complete stranger.、Mm. Uh, I, I, I also used to feel offended when I heard that because I, I felt like it was. Insulting,、um, that it, yeah, that it was sort of like a derogatory term. But then, as I, you know, I'd been here longer and I realized, or at least I decided for myself that it wasn't.、Hmm. But I don't know how you feel about the term.、Um, I don't, I'm not personally offended by the term itself.、Um, 
I just more get a little bit annoyed because when they see our faces, they never expect that you will speak Chinese. Oh, I have a story. Oh, I have yeah? a story. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go so for it. last night, um, it was about ten o'clock, and Bart and I took uh, our dog out for a walk, and um, we were just coming back to our building, and he had stopped to the dog was like sniffing a tree as usual and i had i'd gone further in and a guy he i can't remember if he was like one of these guys there's a service here where if you have a drink you can call a service and a guy will come on this little bike and he'll drive your car and he'll pack his bike up and put it in the 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 boot of the car or the trunk of the car and i think that's who he was mm. and he came up to me and was like oh is this um and he said the name of the building and it was my building and I was like I opened my mouth to speak and this woman raced over and she said to him oh she doesn't speak Chinese and she said oh you need you should call the um call the your, your customer and I was just like I, I was just dumbstruck and I I said to her like I do I do understand but I was so like I was so infuriated <laughs> like I I, I I just thought I was just so angry, so angry um, that she had not get like given me a chance mm-hmm. at all. That rent over. Yeah. Was no, like, that's frustrating, especially you've been here for so many years. Because how, how many years have you been here six. now? Six. Mm-hmm. And studying Chinese. And Holly and I took HSK exams not too long yeah. ago, which we both passed, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so we're making the efforts to do that, and then, like they mentioned in the article, no matter how long you stay here, no matter how good your Chinese is, you're going to get... Yeah. People are going to never think that... Which can work to your advantage, for sure, because right. I definitely turn definitely. it off and on, depending on what situation that I'm in. Like, yeah. sometimes it's beneficial to pretend like you don't speak any <laughs> sure. Chinese, yeah. but for the most part, it can be like really grinding because every day you hear people like for me so the term lao wai to me is not like aggressive or offensive personally but the fact that they'll just talk about you while you're standing right there Mm -hmm. is really obnoxious that's i think that's more what bothers me yeah yeah is if if is uh the fact that you're you're in the elevator and they're saying like oh, look at this foreign... You know, they're talking about you as if you don't exist. Yeah. And then if you were to respond, if you were to say something, like, um, the same situation sort of happened to me where you, you're you in the lift and then they they might be... Like, with the dog, for example, that's often, like, a talking piece now. Some, they'll be saying, oh, what dog? What kind of dog is it? Is it a retriever? Is it a Labrador? And I'll say, yeah, he's a Labrador. And then... And then but even when they realise, oh, wait a minute, she's understood... Obviously understood some of what we've said about... Like, you know, we didn't, you know, but there's no, like, embarrassment. Mm-hmm. No one feels like, uh-oh, oh my, like, I would be, I would be, like, really, really, hum- like, devastated, like, not devastated, but really embarrassed if I realized that I'd been talking about someone and then they understood what I'd been saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I've done that. In the beginning, I kind of did that more where, because I would just get so frustrated with them talking about me and then I'd just, like, turn around and say something and let them know. But again, it's the same thing, like you said. They doesn't really seem anyway. to have any. Either they're very good at hiding their <laughs> embarrassment, or there's just like no, it doesn't register. No, I don't think so. I don't think so, so. And you'll find like walking down the street, especially if you're like around a construction site or something <laughs> like that, where you have these people who are not educated. I mean, particularly these kind of people tend to just you just walk by and they're just like, look, 
Alawa, yeah, you know, yeah. like they have to point it out and then they're right. literally like pointing at you as you walk by. It, and it, of course that's like kind of humiliating. Yeah, it's almost, I mean, I, I don't recall being wolf whistled before, but I imagine it's like as obnoxious as that really. Mm. Like it's the equivalent mm. really in a way. Yeah. Just imagine, you, you know, like you go to the US and you're Chinese or whatever and all the Americans are just like, a Chinese. Yeah. Oh, look, a Chinese, a yeah. Chinese, a yeah. Chinese. And it's like, you get that every single day here. La wai, la wai, la or yeah, Russian. from children. I've noticed that a lot. I mean, I... The kids don't bother me as much. I, they though. do a little bit because often, I mean, I'm saying kids, but they're old enough to understand. Mm. Like with child, like, to- like little kids, like four, four, five, six, I understand like... They they haven't had a lot of contact with foreigners, probably not. But when when they're already like twelve and thirteen and they're still oh, saying yeah, they're stuff, I'm really just like, come anymore. on. Their parents and should parents have... should educate them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing is that we get is Russian. Like that actually, I find more offensive just because so many Russian women here are prostitutes, <laughs> which I feel so sorry for actually Russian women here who come and are trying to work hard and not be in the nightlife because they have such a reputation here. So when I walk down the street Mm -hmm. and people are saying, oh, look, a Russian, a Russian, I feel more offended that way. I think that that's just um, a lot of the time, um, I think people just really generalize and stereotype. They associate certain characteristics with certain people, certain, you know, ethnicities or from whatever country and then they they really can't get it out of their head that or oh, you you can possibly be anything different mm-hmm. yeah when i because when i've had it several times when they say like oh look a russian and i'm like i'm not a russian and then i they ask oh well where are you yeah, from well, where could you possibly be from and i said i'm american and said no but you're not fat <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that, well, oh, that's thank it. you that's it, yeah. Thanks for insulting my whole nation, but... <laughs> I wonder what they expect British people to be like. I don't know. But that, to me, is more offensive. Because that's... Like, imagine if a Chinese person goes to the U.S. and people are like, Oh, look, a Japanese! Japanese, yeah, exactly. That you know, be, like, yeah. how, offen- how offended they would be. It's Definitely. a similar thing for me, I feel like, to but, be called a Russian but on we a are, daily we basis. We all look the same. We all look the same. Yeah, right? like my husband and I, some people say, oh, you have brother and sister. Oh, well, that's weird. Which we look nothing alike. Nothing. <laughs> Come on. Oh, dear me. So, yeah, I think me, me personally, not quite as offended by the term itself, because I think, I don't think the term itself is really disrespectful. In fact, it, no. I think it has more, it's like a respectful term. It's kind of a endearing, term of endearment in a way. Mm. It's just a way that they just fling it around at you while yeah, you're like it. standing right there that I find offensive. And also a little bit of context, like you can even, like, if you were to put like um, a certain, uh, say, even say Chinese in a certain way, it could sound offensive. Mm-hmm. So it's, I guess, I think it would, it totally depends on the context yeah, as well. Yeah, you're right. You are right. Interesting topic, though, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you have an opinion on this, let us know. Put it in the show notes or put it on our Facebook page because we want to hear from other Laowai mm-hmm. whether or not they're offended by this term or how, how they've handled the situation. Yeah. I think we've mentioned a little bit about it in the past, and I think um, our bud, uh, China Bob, has mentioned some experiences, but mm-hmm. yeah. Also note that we live in Shenzhen, which is one of the more developed cities in China mm-hmm. and when I remember living in Chengdu 
I'm sure it's changed since then, but since I was kind of in the outskirts, um, people, people were always so excited to see me. They would just say like, hello, all the time. Hello. Like from yell from across the road <laughs> or like that, you know, they chase after me and just want to say hello. And that was also, you know, in a way it's kind of sweet, but after you have that happen to you every day, yeah. you kind of get a taste for what it's like to be a celebrity with the paparazzi chasing you. Cause it's like, sometimes mm-hmm. you just want to blend in and don't want the attention. And you have these people like everywhere you go, yeah. hello. Hello. Yeah. Hello. And like, just because you're a foreigner, maybe English wouldn't have been even my native, la- if my native language wasn't even English, mm-hmm. and they'd still say, hello, oh, hello, hello. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I mean, that sometimes happens here as well. Not on such, I imagine, such a massive scale. But I remember a couple of years ago, uh, Barrett and I had gone out to, like, we just hopped on the metro and we were like, let's see where we go. And mm. we got off at one stop and we ended up in a park. And it was it must have been a holiday. And I have never seen so many people packed into one tiny park. <laughs> um, and we, yeah, it was like being celebrities. You, you just felt like eyes constantly on you. Like, it was a strange experience. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of nice having the baby now because that's like a buffer. <laughs> Because they're more interested in her than they are in me, which is, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, now she's too young, so I doubt, she just likes the attention, you know, people come up to her and try to, like... Take some pressure off you, you can just be like, all these people can entertain you for a bit. Yeah, exactly, so she enjoys it, you know, she doesn't, she's not bothered by it at all. But it is kind of nice to have that, like, I mean, on the one hand, I'm more of a spectacle as a unit, like, with the baby, but on the other, they're Mm -hmm. more interested in her than they are in me, so I can kind of, like, sit back and be like, yeah. Make faces at my baby, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Okay, so um, let's talk about our question today. So our question comes from Ted Du. um, And I think he left his question on Facebook. Um, And he says, "Um, I listened to a couple of your podcasts. They're very interesting. I have a suggested topic for you guys. Um, Materialism is pretty big in both the US and China. But how does materialism manifest itself in these two countries? Mm-hmm. Ted do. This is a great question. Yeah, it is. So. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that was awkward. Um, well, hey, I um, I mean, I have obviously have my own opinions and experiences of this uh, in China, um, but I did a little bit of research um, and so I found a site that had a poll that had been done in... Um, uh, it, it was a couple of years ago, but I, I don't suspect things have changed that much since then. Um, so this was a poll of 16,000 adults over 20 countries. And this was, um, they were asked um, to agree or disagree with a statement, which was, I measure my success by the things I own. And so the global average um, who agreed with this statement was 34%. Mm-hmm. Um, the percentage of Chinese respondents who agreed with that statement was 71%. They were the highest. They were the, they were by far the highest of all the um, people who were polled. Well, it's a statement. I measure my success in the things by the I... things I own. Wow. Yeah. So in with compare, like I looked at our countries. So the USA was twenty percent, UK fifteen, and the lowest was Sweden with seven percent, <laughs> which is not really a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was they they continued, and they also asked. Um, uh, I feel under a lot of pressure to be successful and make money and China were they had 68% of people who agreed with that statement Mm 
um, but they also this one didn't they didn't explore this in more detail but I was really interested to understand a bit more about this but they said Chinese ranked below the global average in terms of optimism about their personal future hmm. which I thought was a bit of a like contrast so the they're under pressure and they measure success with the things they own, but they're not very optimi optimistic about their own futures. So, We can kind of see that in some of their spending. Ha I feel like it's... Hmm, where to start with this question? There's a lot of layers. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so first off, I feel like materialism in China is quite different than the U.S. Like, I feel like in the U.S., you buy things to make yourself feel good. Yes. And, like, you know, you have this, like, uh, what do they call it? Retail therapy. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, where you... Which, by the way, this is another slightly another tangent. Um, just so happens that I've been watching this documentary by Adam Curtis that's called The Century of the Self. And it's on YouTube. We can put the link in the show mm. notes. And it's talk. it talks about how... Um, actually, Freud, as in, like, the philosopher Sigmund Freud, um, his nephew was kind of the one responsible for constructing this whole consumerist behavior in the U.S. I mean, he was the one who started um, giving advertisers the ideas that they need to sell products not based off of people's needs, but rather based off of their desires. Mm. And so it's been really interesting, like, this topic kind of coincides with that, because the idea is you can control a population um, based off of consumerism rather than by mm. the, the gun or the knife, however you mm. want to say it. So I feel like the U.S. has kind of been... It's been... Um, it's like a... It's not just something that happened organically. It was it's something that has been constructed to control the population of the United States, which mm. I found was really interesting because yeah. I always thought like, oh, it's so obvious that you sell goods based off of um you know, just kind of honing in on people's desires. But actually this is an invention by Freud's nephew. So it's really um interesting to to hear about that so i feel like consumerism in the u.s is more based off of making your own personal self feel good mm. but in china i think it's more about elevating your status among other people yeah definitely and i also think that it's um because these things were restricted for so long mm. now it's almost like um now just because it's available people are just going mental for it just like get as much as you can mm -hmm. um so I, I i'm not sure if for those of you out there who don't know about the like history of china i'm not going to go into too much about it but so in in 1978 there was um the open door policy which basically um showed china more about what was going on in the west and this this article said teased the Chinese population. Um, so there were sort of there was a big struggle um, because on one hand they wanted to reject the West, um, but then there was also like we want to have the same things as them. So that's you know that that's basically where this need for possessions and material things has come from. Mm -hmm. oh. yeah. uh, sorry, go on. no, no, it's just. 
thinking about because for sure the average income in China is way less than that in the U.S. I mean by like three or four times.、Mm-hmm. But then I feel like per capita, the average per capita, the average amount of luxury goods that are bought here is higher. Which、yeah. is like, how is that? Like, what is that? Half like, how does that add up? Where's、mm-hmm. the math with that? I, I think it's just priority, isn't it?、Um, I found a. I came across an article which is.、Um, let me see the title. It's called、uh, "China's Ultra Materialism Explained,"、mm. and、um, the 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 woman who wrote this article said, "I mean, and this is. I think we would agree with this that、um, young like migrant workers they might not be making any more than eight hundred and thirty dollars a month, which I think is quite even probably more. I would say they don't get that much.、Mm-hmm. Some of them." Um, but they're willing to spend that entire month's salary on an iPhone, right? Yeah, and a lot of we've we've mentioned this before, like how、uh, many of our like female colle- colleagues will spend, or at least some of the colleagues I had in the past would spend thousands on, on like beauty products that they would import from Korea and wherever else.、Mm-hmm. Like even you know, even if you have a a good salary, that's a lot of money to spend on beauty products、mm-hmm. where you can get. You know, you can get stuff for a tiny portion of that amount.、Mm-hmm. Well, protecting your youthful look is a very yes, high priority、true. here in China. I mean, if you look at the beauty regime between, like, in the U.S., I think it's like most women spend like five to ten minutes, and in China, it's like most yeah, women yeah, spend twenty、yeah. to thirty minutes every night. Yeah, you know, doing their facials and stuff. But it, it's interesting, I think, how easily swayed、um, people can be. From like social media and those kind of things, like someone will say, "Oh yeah, you need to buy this product." For me, I might like do a bit of research if I was going to spend so much money, but I don't think that really happens. It's just a case of there may be a product that you can buy for twenty kwai, and then there'll be another product for two hundred, but they're always going to go for the two hundred one because someone said you should buy that. They definitely have a herd, more of a herd mentality when it comes to purchasing behavior. Like in the U.S., I I think you're right, and well, let's say just the West in general,、mm. people will do their own research online. I mean, they might ask friends for recommendations,、oh, yeah. but they'll、sure. still usually do a majority of their research、um, independently. Whereas in China, that does not happen.、Mm-hmm. They just kind of follow what everybody else is buying. Yeah. So it's like if you're a company who happens to, you know, like if. It's like when you win in China, you win big,、right. huge. But it's really hard to be. It's very hard to manipulate the mass. It's not an easy formula to do.、Mm. Usually, you need millions of dollars in advertising just to get the ball rolling, and then you need like celebrity endorsements and all this stuff. So, if you have lots and lots of money to play with, you could probably find you know for several different products, you could probably get a win. But if you're some small company. It's difficult、mm-hmm. to break through. Oh yeah, yeah. So, cause yeah, but once you get, once everybody agrees that the product is good, then it's just like wildfire. Everybody wants it, and you sell millions. Right. Yeah. So if you can get the formula right, then it's like a huge payoff.、Mm-hmm. But most firms don't have the capital to just like try, like spend so much money on advertising just to attempt. To crack the yeah. code, yeah, and I think once those products products are successful in China,、um, there's just this need to have as much of it as possible.、Mm-hmm. And I think this also differs from the West.、Uh, in China, it's more aggressive.、Um, 
I found some stories, and I, we, we've probably heard these things before about people fighting in Apple stores um, <sighs> because people were trying to hoard as many iPhones as they could. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, there's another story about in 2012, uh, a, a Chinese adolescent sold his kidney. Uh, in order to afford an iPhone and an iPad, I think we might have even mentioned a story like that before. I think so. And this, this is this is this is the worst one, and also kind of crazy. Uh, a man carrying multiple shopping bags jumped to his death in a mall, having had enough of his girlfriend's extravagant shopping spree. <laughs> That's just utterly insane. Extreme. Very extreme. Yeah. Death by shopping. Wow. But yeah. the, did I think it was you who mentioned? Um, quite a few episodes ago that there was some like malls that now have like uh special areas for husbands and boyfriends to hang out in like like a crash but for husbands oh i don't know if i've oh, seen no? that before oh, okay i haven't i don't recall having seen one in a mall but i'm, I'm sure i've read about this recently they're <laughs> starting this so the guys can just hang out and the women can go and you know do the shopping mm. but i don't know how success successful that will be here because i feel like a lot of couples young couples especially like to shop together and the man is expected to hold the handbag and stand and say yes darling you look very nice um whereas <laughs> i think in the west we're a little bit more understanding about that i think in the past it probably might have been a bit like that mm-hmm. but i think we've realized men don't really like to shop with us right so right <laughs> and most of us are strong enough to carry our own shopping bags. <laughs> right, and your own handbag. <laughs> right. Yeah, usually the man is like with this um, gold yeah. Gucci handbag and all these shopping bags. It's <laughs> it's quite a sight to see. It is, isn't it? Yes. Right. There are always some obnoxious color that you could never pass it could never pass as like a man bag mm-hmm. or just a basic like material tote mm-hmm. or something. It's usually like always... all this sequins and glitter. Right. <laughs> Yeah. No one seems bothered about by it though. No, no, they don't. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the materialism here is so outward facing, like you said. They like to go shopping, um, like for the experience of it. You know, like in the in the US I feel like people would avoid a mall if it's crowded and Definitely. would yeah, like they go to just like a Walmart on the outskirts of town to get what they need. They might spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm buying stuff but they're not really doing it for the to be seen buying it whereas in china it's like that's how all part of the experience is like look at me i'm out shopping and buying expensive things and so they say like all the uh shops in the malls are always with these like big open windows so you can see the people inside buying stuff yeah it takes window shopping to a whole new level i Mm -hmm, think mm -hmm. yeah it does and i feel like the things that they buy also just, like, try to reflect their status. Like, Definitely. Uh, I think maybe I mentioned in a previous episode, our neighbor, the first um, year that I lived in Shenzhen, my neighbor. So we lived in a semi-decent, like, service apartments, but they were small and nothing special. Um, and the neighbor who lived next door had, like, was driving, like, a Lamborghini and had, like... Uh, one of the, like a 
purebred golden retriever Mm -hmm. and had um like always the latest watch and like he was pumping himself full of steroids Mm -hmm. and like going to the gym all the time to like Mm -hmm. make so on the outside if you see the guy just like sitting at a coffee shop or something you would think that he's crazy rich yeah but then you he was like just living next door to us and i would go to his apartment and it'd be just like this huge mess and it was like small and like so you see a lot of times this situation where they'll spend so much on things that other people will see and admire, Definitely. but not so much on the things at home, like their own comforts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, we've talked a lot about like social media and um, our experiences of the a coffee shop that Nora and I often go to, <laughs> and we often see the, the girls taking selfies, but... Um, more than that, they'll be taking a selfie showing the the fancy coffee they have or the the the, the new things. You, my moments feed on on WeChat is just full of people showing off the things they've bought. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it, it's constant, and that's what like look what I have. I don't have. I'm not using this. Ugh, like, well, I'm, I don't have a Xiaomi phone. I have a you know iPhone Seven Plus extra you know Mm -hmm. doesn't even exist yet but i've got it (laughs) um it's always like i'm trying like trying to one-up everyone else i think definitely Uh, definitely i think it's just so blatant here in china versus the u.s i'm thinking back to that survey you mentioned and how okay like Sometimes I think it's just more honest because, like, when I think 20% in the U.S., you said 20% in the U.S. agreed with the statement, I value or I judge my success based on the things that I own. Yeah, right. I'll bet that it's more. It's just people don't want to admit that they're materialistic. Like, I think part of it is just it's acceptable here to be to be like that like so blatant like look at all my stuff and like they give it also fits in with the culture in terms of gift giving Mm. because they tend to that's how they also show their status and like um help with their guanxi is to give like lavish gifts so a lot of times the luxury goods that they're buying are not actually for their own consumption but they're for elevating their status and like winning favors and things like that yeah whereas in the u.s you don't have that so much yeah there's the shame isn't there there's like even though you might feel like that you would never admit that that's actually how you lived your life i'll bet you that also boils down somewhat to religion like a lot Mm. of the original settlers of the u.s were protestant christians and that's kind of the basis of protestantism is this simplicity and like equality and this kind of mentality um, but China's atheist, so it doesn't have this moral, True. yeah, like framework to ta- like dampen the. I feel like in China, it's more like real to human nature in in a sense. Yeah, like in the U.S., I think it's still there. I I'd imagine that more people in the U.S. like they purchase on an annual basis more things to make themselves feel good but they just i think like if you look at how much money they spend on an annual basis i'll bet they spend more on themselves to make themselves feel good but they're not flaunting it it's not like extravagant purchases like i feel like in china they don't own as much stuff in general they just because they don't have the space for it for one and they don't have that same like, they spend more time in the actual purchasing of the goods, whereas in the U.S., I feel like 
we can quickly buy a lot of stuff and then like only use half of it and then you just have these closets full of clothes that you don't really mm. like or use because you just kind of bought it on a whim to make yourself feel better. Right. And maybe you didn't spend a whole lot of money on each item individually, but overall you probably spent more money than you would have if you had like gone and bought one luxury item right. on the spree. So it's kind of like, it's deceptive, I think, the, the results of the poll and like the reality of the materialism in China. Yeah. And they say like, in China, re- um, there's no religion and so money becomes... The religion here, yeah, Mm. which is interesting. So I think that like the religious context does have some um, influence on the materialism and like how it's manifested. Yeah, and it, I'm. This is kind of a relevant point, but I'm kind of going to go around it in a long way. Um, From my experience of being with like Chinese families, even though they're very wealthy and will wouldn't, and they've got the the best car and the a big apartment and a um you know brand uh, bra- like uh luxury brand handbags they'll quibble about the price of like a flight yes uh, or like um just small things that yeah, we even just... things much smaller than that like oh this bottle of water costs well, exactly and that bottle of water right. costs 2.5 those right. vendors are ripping exactly us off. <laughs> oh, I, so i the other day i was um we have the, and you've got one as well, though, outside your, your uh, building or on the corner of a street, there are these uh, trucks that just pull up on a morning and they'll sell fresh fruit and veg and other bits and pieces. And uh, I was I was buying some stuff the other day and there was a woman next to me and she must have said to the vendor about 20 times in the 30 seconds I was stood there, oh, it's too expensive, it's too expensive, it's so expensive, and I wanted to slap her in the face. <laughs> She was, she, I just thought, like, go away then, don't pay for it. And it was nine kwai. She was buying, I can't remember what it was that she was buying. But I just thought, are you honestly serious mm-hmm. about this? She's probably a wearing like a. She LV was a well dressed woman. And, yeah, she, yeah. yeah. Yep. She wasn't, she wasn't a poor, like, you know, like an, an IE or anything. She was obviously a, a young, well off woman mm-hmm. quibbling over a nine kwai piece of fruit. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it is unbelievable. <laughs> it's amazing the extremes, like that they'll spend twenty minutes to, you know, for like fussing over mm-hmm. a few pence, and then is, yeah. yeah, and then they'll be, you know, on the drop of a hat by a four thousand dollar handbag. Yeah, and and let's not let's be honest, it's not usually just one. Like a lot of. Um, that some of the mothers of like the the kids I used to teach back in the day, they would often go on like a. It seemed like they were going on a, a a run, say to the U.S. or to Singapore, and they would bring back like a crap load of handbags and luxury items. I don't know if they would sell them to their friends, but then that's when I would see all this stuff on on uh, on WeChat moments, like, oh look at this, I have five handbags in different colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I heard, um, so my, one of my good friends worked at Apple, um, Mm. and so she said that they used to have, like, they had to put a quota on the iPhones, like, you can, you personally can't buy over, like, three or something like that, I forget what the actual number is, because they would have these Chinese people, like, just hoarding, like they said, just hoarding them, just buying up 20 or 30. It's just just greed. Uh, It's just, uh, there should be rules like that. Anyway. Yeah, 
And then they said because like <clears throat> Americans not so good at telling the difference between Asian people like that's <laughs> that's a classic like yeah. Well, like Asians aren't very good at telling the difference between Europeans. But anyway, um so they they would like get in line get their quota, mm-hmm. and then change their clothes and get back in line, and then people wouldn't be able to recognize no them. Yes. I'm impressed, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep. wow. So it's extreme. Yeah. Extreme. I, I, I wonder if that's all over the world, because I know that in Hong Kong they, are, they also have those. I mean, I guess that's about population as well, but I think you limited it to, to say, if a new iPhone comes out or whatever, you're only allowed to purchase two in one go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess they just. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, part of the, part of it is probably just exclusivity. It's marketing, you know. Because I'm sure Apple could pump out as many as yeah, they wanted. Yeah, that's what I think too. Yeah, yeah, no, they just want it to be more difficult to get it, mm. so that's part of the marketing. But um, it's, it's genius when it, yeah. and it hits in Asia. It's like everybody wants it. They'll wait in line for hours or days to get the, the latest phone. Mm. It's craziness. And I, I often quit like question whether things are chosen purely for their value over actually what they look like. Hmm. Like, if I was going to, like, I, I I can't, personally, I can't imagine buying myself, like, a Chanel handbag just to have a Chanel handbag if I didn't like how it looked. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine walking around with a handbag that I thought was really ugly just to show off. <laughs> yeah. And I often think that they're just buying just for buying's sake. Um, it's not really something that they appreciate the look of or the design. They appreciate the design or the history of a brand, even like mm-hmm. uh, with Chanel as an example. They're just buying to say, "I have a Chanel handbag." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think also they equate um, the price to the value, Absolutely. which is especially when it comes to foreign goods. So the more expensive it is, the better it must be. Definitely, yeah. Which is obviously not the case. It's like the sports car index or something like that where if you price a sports car too low nobody's going to want to buy it because everybody wants to buy the expensive cars it's not really worth it but it's part of the marketing like you pay for you pay more for it because then it's the perceived value is higher Mm. you just reminded me of like um sort of i don't know if the context is the right word but buying a product that's completely inappropriate like with these sports cars in like in in Shenzhen, there's not, there aren't really any long roads where you could enjoy driving those things. Um, but they screech around like in the side streets, like maniacs. And you just think, why would you, why have you bought this car? It looks great, but you cannot, can't take advantage of the fact that it goes from zero to goodness knows how fast. They're in, like in caged 10 seconds. birds, seriously. Yeah, that's it's it. so sad. Yeah. You see like these gorgeous sports. Mm-hmm. cars and they're driving like 15 miles an hour most of the time because yeah. of you know like yeah like you said even the long stretches that um are in shenzhen yeah. which are few and far between are usually heavily trafficked so it's like you can't yeah. even drive it Definitely. fast you can't even get it to 60 that's it although oh, they'll, they'll i noticed there was there was someone near in my neighborhood with something sporty i don't know what it was and he was like um, he had his foot on the gas, so he'd go really fast, and then he would have to brake like immediately. Just like, <laughs> what are you doing? You're probably doing more damage to the car than anything else. Right? Like, what a waste! It is big waste. Or another thing they'll do is get a really expensive car, and then they'll deck it out in like Hello really Kitty. god, yeah, like Hello Kitty, <laughs> or they'll get like metallic pink 
finish on the yeah, yeah, the, yeah. for the paint job and stuff, and you're just like, yeah, I've seen some of those. Oh God, what have they done to yeah. you? <laughs> and you've got to have like a bobbly-headed character sat on the front like dashboard. Yep, and like those fuzzy um, seat covers and like pink sticker. They put like stickers, so you have these extremely expensive, you know. Yeah. These cars have been crafted by the world's best designers. They're not supposed to yeah. be touched, okay? Like, leave the outside alone. But then they have to add these details just to, like, distinguish themselves from other right. people. And it's just, oh, it's so gaudy. Which is exactly the Chinese word of the day today, which is, like, oh. the term for... We may have mentioned this in a previous episode, but it's a, it's a popular slang for, like, nouveau riche. So, like, people who have just come into money and who yeah. are, like, wearing the gold chains and... Um, have the most expensive cars, but they have no taste. Yeah. Like, you see a lot of times men who are wearing Gucci, but they've got it all wrong. Like, you women wouldn't think, like that too. Yeah, women too. You'd think that you can't get it wrong, but they just like smashing together. Yeah. You know, you have like Prada shoes, Gucci bag, you know, Armani shirts, blah, 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 but it's all like mix match. They have no style yeah. to it. And so it's they just, just like, want to put huge... on as much like. I'm, I'm like, I'm wearing like a million dollars here. Yes. You know, it's just how much can I possibly put on to show how much money I have? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So this word is, um, tu hao. Um, it originally it means like a local strongman mm. or like a local tyrant, but now it means it's a slang for those kind of people who are just like, they're too they're so wealthy they don't know what to do with their money because some of these people literally was like overnight like Mm. if you had owned property one of the um tallest buildings in shenzhen called the kk building it was built basically in this like little ghetto like that area used to be just like this shabby part of lohu and so people owned some property Mm. there and then when they decided they were gonna put this massive skyscraper there some of those people walked away with like five or six apartments in the most expensive one of the most expensive buildings in the city Mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden they go from being super poor to crazy rich and so you also see these like grannies who like they'll be wearing these rhinestones and sequins and like very expensive bags but then you'll see them like spitting on the ground in public or like picking their noses in public and like just behaving really crassly yeah (laughs) it's funny that they they seem to choose this is probably this is a bad stereotype but from my like from what i've seen they also seem to choose the most like gaudy looking things too okay if you don't know how to put stuff, stuff together okay that's one issue but the the most expensive thing can't possibly be this most the the most gaudy either. I I don't I just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Kitch. That's another issue entirely. We we need to do a podcast on fashion, I think. Yeah. Kitsch has no meaning in this country, mm. I feel like. In a way I sort of admire that. Even though I've I've often seen people and thought, What are you wearing? In a way I kind of admire this like disregard for so what so what if I don't match Look at how how much money I have. <laughs> you know, like is that admirable? <laughs> I mean, not the money part, but the fact that they don't care what anyone else thinks. Yeah, it's true. You it's know, true. I just think they're not aware. I think that they but, they're but, not even thinking that they might look mismatched or anything. I think I just think that they assume if it's expensive, it must look good. 
Yeah. And so they just slap on all yeah. this expensive stuff and assume that they look good. Yeah. But I think, like, compared with the West, where we have so many hang-ups about how we look, mm. and we're so worried about, oh, does my bum look big in this? Is my, <laughs> you know, oh, my hair is not perfect today. What are people going to think of me? They don't care. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm, that's the point I'm trying to get to, I think. Whereas yeah, you're, the, you're And right. I'm like, cool, I wish I felt more like that. You know? <laughs> they could go out and, well, I do go out. <laughs> in whatever I want, so yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> sprinkle you with two hollow dust. Oh, yeah, yeah. Become... Get some gold teeth. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> a little bit like them. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, I hope this answered the question a bit. If you have more to add, or if you are still curious about an aspect of it, please send us a question. Um, either you can put it in the show notes at writtenchinese.com/slash episode ninety. Yep. Um, or on Facebook or wherever, or you can leave us a voicemail, writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. Yeah, and thank you, Ted, for uh, asking us this question. It was, it's been really fun answering this, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and all the articles and anything else we've mentioned uh, in today's podcast will be at writtenchinese.com slash episode 90, including um, the links to our dictionary for the word tu hao. Um, yeah. Check it out. Yes, please. And as always, thanks for listening. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.